Welcome to the audio version of Bogard Press's Through the Bible Adult Study Guide. Being true to the Word, Bogard Press has aided in the discipleship of thousands for over 100 years. Of those 100 years, the Through the Bible Adult Sunday School literature has been a staple to many. Join us as we listen to the Through the Bible Adult Study Guide with writer Brother Mark Clements. So grab your Bible and let's get started. The Challenges of Being Free from Exodus 16 through 18. Application The student will explain that total dependence and trust in God brings both immediate and eternal satisfaction. Seeking the Context Freedom has a price. Teenagers often get excited thinking about living on their own in freedom outside of their parents' oversight. While it is natural to grow more and more independent as they age, young adults are sometimes surprised by how difficult it can be to sustain a livelihood outside of their parents' home. When I was in seminary, preparing to get married, I realized it would take a few jobs to provide what would be needed to survive. Freedom and independence are wonderful, but we do not enjoy them very long before we realize we are desperate for God's sustaining grace. The people of Israel had been miraculously freed by Jehovah himself. Their oppressors were defeated, a way through the Red Sea had been provided, and now they were camping under the open sky of the wilderness, headed toward their own land. Before long, it became evident that they would not survive without God's continued intervention. The Hebrews had already run into an issue of finding the basic necessities of food and water for the multitude. Three days' journey into the wilderness, and the people still had not found water. When they arrived at Marah, they found water, but it was not palatable, and the people complained. God healed the water through Moses so that the people could drink. Exodus 15, 22 through 26. Next, the people complained about not having enough food. Even as they enjoyed day after day of freedom from slavery, the Israelites actually expressed they would rather have died in Egypt under slavery than in the wilderness while free. While they were in Egypt, they could eat as much meat and bread as they wanted, and now they longed for the same sustenance, but it was not to be found. God miraculously provided once more with quail and manna from heaven, Exodus 16, 13-15. The problem with Israel was a matter of trust. While they enjoyed freedom from slavery, they still needed the miraculous intervention of Jehovah to be sustained on their wilderness journey. Today we will read how God provided for and protected His people even as they doubted and complained along the way. As we read the text from a perspective of hindsight, it is easy for us to see Israel's lack of faith. Before we think harshly about Israel, however, we should acknowledge that while we may not face the same uncertainties, we are tempted to doubt or complain against God from time to time. As with Israel, we too have a tendency to doubt God even when we have experienced His faithfulness. When we face challenges that test our faith, we should remember how God has intervened on our behalf of His people throughout history. What challenges do you face in your journey with God? Searching the text. Number one, trust God to provide. From Exodus 17, 2 through 7. 
Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moses and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt, to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river, take in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Once again, the people of Israel found themselves without drinking water, and they brought their official complaint to Moses. To their credit, having drinking water for the multitude is not just a creature comfort, it is a matter of survival. The word that Moses used to describe their complaint could also be used to describe a person bringing legal charges against someone else. The Israelites saw having adequate water as a necessity and charged Moses with neglect. Moses acknowledged the people's grave concern and received their complaint. However, in his response to the people, Moses reminded them of the ultimate person responsible for their care on the journey. In their complaint against Moses, they were actually putting God to the test. Water is vital to survival, but in his own way, Moses reminded the people that God knew they needed water. In complaining to him, the people were actually complaining to God, since God was the one who was leading them. Complaining demonstrated their doubt that God could care for them. Maybe we do not experience the threat of dangerous dehydration due to lack of water, but it is easy for us to find something about which to complain. We may not complain to God, but we usually complain to someone about the things that bring us fear, discomfort, or pain. Whether our complaint is directed toward friend or foe, God is the ultimate target of our dissatisfaction. When things do not go as we think they should and we complain, we are actually placing our own expectations higher than God's plans. Additionally, we place our personal desires higher than God's desires for us. This is a dangerous form of idolatry. The people continued to grumble against Moses and the Lord, so Moses brought the issue to God. He told the Lord that the people were so angry with him, they threatened to stone him. God commanded Moses to take the leaders of Israel with him to Mount Horeb. This is the very place God called Moses through the burning bush. Exodus 3, 1 and 2. God said he would stand before Moses there in the sight of all the people. Moses should strike the rock with the rod and water would come gushing forth. Moses did exactly as God commanded and God provided. The Apostle Paul warned the church in Corinth about the dangers of idolatry and referenced the events recorded in Exodus 17. He warned that even though God's people were led by God himself in the wilderness, some chose to rebel. 
As God stood in front of the rock that Moses struck, Paul wrote that Christ was the spiritual rock that provided water. 1 Corinthians 10, 1-4 God knows what his children need to survive. Jesus taught that God knows we need food, water, and provisions, and when we seek his kingdom first, he will grant us everything we need. Matthew 6, 31-33 More important than drinking water is living water. When Jesus ministered to the Samaritan woman at the well, he told her he could give her living water and she would never thirst again. Of course, the woman became interested, so Jesus told her that by believing in him, she would receive living water that would spring forth into eternal life. John 4:13-15. The Israelites could not see past their immediate need for bare necessities, and their complaint was loud against God. Moses established a permanent reminder of the people's faithlessness by naming the place Masa and Meribah, which mean testing and complaining. This event was a monumental demonstration of doubt that led many astray. Should you ever come to a desperate place in which you ask whether God is near or not, remember that He knows what you need and He will provide. How has God provided for your physical and spiritual needs? Number two, trust God to protect. Exodus 17, 8 through 13. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side, and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. While the people of Israel was encamped at Rephidim, having been sustained miraculously by the hand of God who provided food and water, their enemies attacked. By God's design, his people were given everything they needed for physical health, which prepared them to withstand their opponents. One might ask that if God wanted to bring his people to a new land, why would he not miraculously transport them without any pain or loss? Of course, God has the power to preserve his people from danger, but he knows better than we the growth that comes through challenging experiences. The Amalekites, who inhabited northern portions of the Sinai Peninsula, felt threatened by the presence of Israel, so they ambushed God's people. The first mention of Joshua in the Bible occurred in Exodus 17.9, when Moses gave him the task of preparing an army to resist the Amalekites. As Joshua and his army fought, Moses, Aaron, and Hur watched from the top of a hill. Moses soon discovered that as long as his hand was held up, Israel won the battle, but any time it would drop, Amalek would win. Moses' companions stepped in to support him by holding up his arms, so Israel defeated their enemy. 
There is no natural explanation for Israel's military victory. God caused them to win. However, God required the participation and obedience of his people for them to enjoy victory. In their participation with God's plans, the Israelites learned valuable lessons. God's people learned that even though God is sovereign over all, he requires his children to walk in obedience. Moses also learned a valuable lesson in leadership. He saw the value of Joshua's leadership and the necessity of supporting friends. While we have been set free by God, we still face the challenge of opposition. God does not always preserve us from danger, but he does always guarantee victory. Our enjoyment of the victory that God provides requires our cooperation and participation in his plans. This requires us to trust God in that the leaders he provides and his plans to protect us will succeed. Just as Moses surrounded himself with friends who were willing to hold his arms up when he became exhausted, we must build Christ-centered relationships with people who will support us in difficult challenges. If we do not find ourselves in the middle of challenges, we should look around us and find people who need our support. Notice that Aaron and Hur were committed to the same outcome to which Moses was committed. They wanted the same thing, namely, the advancement of God's reign for his glory. Every person among the Israelites was committed to the same cause, whether they were in the camp praying and watching, fighting on the battlefield, or supporting leaders, everyone wanted victory for the people of God and the glory of God. God's people have different gifts and fulfill varying roles, but we all have the same goal. We are committed to fighting spiritual battles against God's enemies for the advancement of his kingdom. When we walk in obedience, we will face spiritual danger, but God will always protect us and lead us to victory. How has God protected you in the past? Setting the Application Marathon race organizers have the difficult challenge of making sure all the runners have enough hydration through the 26.2 mile race course. Some runners take anywhere from four to six hours completing the distance and water is an absolute necessity to make it safely to the end. One way race organizers solve this dilemma is to place water stations and volunteers every five kilometers. As we journey with God as sojourners in a spiritual wasteland, God will not necessarily keep us from danger or desperation. We will experience spiritual thirst and hunger as well as attacks from the enemies. We may be tempted to retreat in fear or shake our fists at God in anger, but we must realize God is sovereign and has specific purposes for requiring our obedience in the face of challenges. Through facing challenges, we learn to trust God to provide and protect. The more we learn to trust God, the stronger our faith becomes and the more glory we bring to Him. We may participate in what God does to help us overcome spiritual challenges, but He alone deserves the credit for every victory. How has your faith in God grown through challenges? Thanks, Brother Mark, for sharing such great truth with us this week. Join us next week as we take another look at God's Word with Brother Mark. Don't forget to join us daily on our Through the Bible Daily Devotionals on our daily devotional blog, 
at www.bogardpress.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.